G'day gang, Simo and Ed, back for another episode of the Fast Line Track Growth Show. So, what on the cards for today, Ed? Well, today we're going to talk about something that is often overlooked, I think, particularly in smaller companies, but it's a, it's a really big deal for large blue chips. There's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this for, for, for smaller companies like Tracks, mm. and that is nurturing your talent your employees have got massive reservoirs of talent for you to tap into, but it's really important you do something or make steps to start thinking about ways to nurture it. What a great topic. Yes. I, I mean, getting a cohesive team that pulls together with the same vision can make such a big difference. Huge. Yeah? It can be quite difficult to achieve, really. It is tough. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. No. It requires a lot of resilience. Mm. I think it's one of those things you just have to keep working at constantly yeah. to make sure that it happens. But we're going to touch on a few points mm. today, I think. This more than any other mm. episode, I feel. We've just sat and had a bit of a chat about what we think mm. is nurturing talent. Perhaps you're doing something at your yeah. track, really, that brings that talent through. And we may not mention it in one of these two mm. videos. But, you know, by all means, add it into the comments below because it'll mm. be really valuable, this one. Yeah, I've, I've heard of a lot of tracks that I've been talking to. Yeah, take their team around and race at other go-kart tracks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've got, got, got several customers that are doing that. Sounds like the ideal job, that does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right, what let's you start? start with. Well, let's start with the first thing I jotted down was mm -hmm. believe that your staff have talent. Everybody has talent. It's having the right people in the right seats. Mm -hmm. You know, if you put me down in an accounting role, I'd be absolutely shit at it. Yes. <laughs> and it bore me to tears. But you put me in a marketing role, it's like, I'll thrive. You absolutely love it, yeah. You know? And, and I know, when I, working through college, mm -hmm. I worked in hospitality. And there was one guy I worked with who was pretty average at his job. But... There was one thing he loved to do, uh -huh. and he did really well, uh -huh. and that was vacuuming. Cool. <laughs> so we always got him to vacuum, and he did a thorough job, Yeah. and he enjoyed himself. Now you're about to tell me that guy's turned over a million dollars a year down Australia <laughs> with a vacuuming business. <laughs> and I guess that's the point, really. Whatever you're really good at, you can make money from yeah. it. See, if he's really good at vacuuming mm. and understands how to vacuum, I never thought about this, but he could get into specialist floor cleaning. Absolutely. He could be like top notch, he could be polishing all the concrete floors in the warehouses, mm. sorting out the tracks, the go-kart track, getting everything just right so the camber's just level and he's got that attention to detail. I think mm. that's the point, really. Everybody mm. has talent within yeah. it. I mean, a lot of our education comes from schooling, and I'm not a huge fan of it. He says there's an ex-school mm. governor. <laughs> it's a bit difficult, but there we go. But I don't think it really prepares us for work. And I think one of the problems is, is that people come in and very much the rule of the playground, if it's not slamped out, thrives in some companies. Mm. So they go, oh, that person over there is like, they're really sound. They're really not, oh, that one over there, a bit of an odd one. We don't mm. speak to them. And that is just like just terrible because everybody's good at something. Mm. It's our job to nurture, find out what they really thrive at, and just hopefully find a, a position for them within the company. Yeah, and do something to help them. But there is something within everybody. Yeah, 
the first takeaway, it's always in there. Have you found the talent within your existing pool of employees? Mm. So let's assume that you found this yeah. talent. <laughs> so the, the next thing you need to do is you've got to provide opportunities for them. So what did you do? Go and throw loads of like rubbish on the carpets <laughs> or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, whenever we had to clean up, before an event or after an event, it'd yeah. just be like, you just know that you, you you just go, John, you're on the vacuuming. And you know what he'd get done yeah. and he wouldn't nick off. But if you put him on polishing glasses, well, you know, he'd break them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is finding those opportunities, isn't it? So if the vacuuming comes to it, John, you're sorting out that. There's no point getting your sort of loud, boisterous sort of tracker, you know, track marshal <laughs> to go and start sorting through the race suits and getting them in uh, alphabetical order and size order. I mean, what's the point in that? They may have to do, there's always an element of jobs that people don't like doing, typically. Unless you own your own business, by the way, you can just eliminate it, automate it or transfer it out if you don't like doing it. But use that as an opportunity mm. for somebody to get them will want to do it. Mm. So there will be elements of work that employees have to do that they just perhaps don't enjoy. That's pretty normal and yeah. very common. But make sure that you're giving them the opportunities and, and encouraging them really to step forward. Yeah. If you've got a track marshal that relates well to kids, yeah. you, you know, you make sure he's doing the briefings for kids' parties, or he's the race director or whatever for, for kids' parties. Yep. You know, in the pits there, explaining how things operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a, a really good point. You might have somebody that's perhaps not very comfortable or uh, confident around adults, potentially, but mm. they just, the kids just seem to yep. gravitate towards them. So you've just mm. said that there, make mm. them the race director. And that might enable them to have a sense of moving forward with the company. Mm -hmm. So not only does it have the opportunity where their skill sets really come to the fore and they come to work mm -hmm. expecting a good day every day, they've also got a bit of acknowledgement that they're doing really well in an area just by the changing of the job title. Mm -hmm. Could be really, really cool. And next one then, so I say this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's just happened. One of my friends is really good at IT sales, would you believe? And he's only been in this company for about seven or eight months. He smashed his targets. They're a multi-million pound company. Um, he's responsible now for like some like ten percent of his turnover for that company already. And he just said they've just appointed a new sales manager. And I went, all oh, right. Where did they employ them from? And he went internally. I went, ah, cool. How did they get the job? Oh, he's been there for four years. What, so is it like dead man's shoes? What, how, <laughs> how does this work? Right, so what happens in a lot of businesses, people just fall into positions. Mm. And after listening to my friend, because I ask really searching questions, I know that company's gonna have a problem. And I think it's dawned on my friend in that conversation mm. that he may have a problem as well, because we're just talking through some of the issues he may find. Well, a, a sales director is a really hard one. Yeah, yeah. That is, the sales manager, sales director is, a really difficult role to fill. Oh, yeah. Because generally speaking, the best salesperson is usually a shit manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and the CEO can't do it either. Yep, that's quite you, you, true. You know, I, I've, I've tried it. It, it, it just doesn't work. It's, you know, you need to be focused on that. You need to be good at managing people. 
So we've got all these companies that are employing people and then putting them into different mm. roles. And they just go, here you go. Yeah. And then you expect them somehow to be brilliant at what? Doing what all of a sudden? Mm. So in that sales role there, you've got a guy really good at selling. He's suddenly now going to be really good at managing people. Mm. I'm not sure they've interviewed or had a chat with him about how to manage people. So you're going to need to bring in an element mm. of listening. Yeah. Because you've got to hear what's going on. You've then got to be able to teach people. You've got to be able to coach them as well. Mm. So if you're not listening to your employees, teaching them stuff regularly and coaching mm. constantly, you've probably got a couple of areas that are just invisible to you that just need a bit of help. And in doing that and helping people to get better at their role, I'm going to come back to that. If you get better in a role, then they will enjoy their role more. I'm going to come back to, it might be that you might want to demote them occasionally. The sales guy in that instance is earning a lot of money in that company, multi-million man company. They get percentage commissions and everything they sell, so he's earning a lot of money already. So what they've potentially done there is put him into a role he's going to hate. Yeah. He's going to start looking around for another job. Right, he's got mm. a very good salary already as a salesperson. Mm. It could be really smart to just listen to him and just let him know that mm. part of this role could be that he can step back into the role he enjoyed and was thriving at, rather than trying to muddle along and make up some role where he's not potentially good at managing people. So this is where your listening really comes in and really being empathetic to what's really going on in your business. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't, I don't know how many businesses really do listen or identify the signals it's rare when I had my business I was running so I was I was running that thing mm. there was at least four and possibly more people earning more money than me in that company mm. now, they didn't know that right but that was cool by me mm. So some of them would sit there and go, I want your position. And I'd be thinking, you bloody no, well you don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to inherit a whole heap load of shit and problems that mm. get thrown at you. You can get into the office one morning and there's all this stuff kicking mm. off. First of all, in return for doing all that, you're going to get paid less for it. You really don't want this role. And in fairness, I don't think other than one guy, they wouldn't have been good at it. Mm. One guy could have done it. But I wouldn't, in fairness to him, I don't think he wanted to take the pay cut. <laughs> that he didn't realise was involved in that. <laughs> mm. So one way of keeping people actually motivated potentially could be mm. money, but they might be better off and earning more and having a better life, even though they pretend on a, like the organisational mm. charts, it may look like they're sort of quite a way down mm. in the company. But if you get your sort of responsibilities mm. sorted out, formal and informal, mm. and get conversation going and listening, teaching, coaching, mm. and get the support around mm. your talent, sometimes it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, listening, teaching, and, and, and coaching has has helped my business a lot. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I think that you know, and you don't have to do it all at once. I think a lot of the listening has always been there because I'm a curious person. I ask a lot of questions, mm -hmm. and I listen to what the answers are. Teaching that that's that's evolved over the last couple of years. We're we're trying to formalise it more. Coaching, well, that's only about a year. That it we've is. really done the proper coaching, but and I need to bring someone externally in do I to do him? that. I don't think you met him. <laughs> we should perhaps just touch a little bit on the fact that 
teaching is where you're actually showing people how to do stuff. So that could be like mentoring teaching. Coaching is where you ask the bloody good questions that you may not know the answer to, but it would be really cool if we could find a way forward or we'll give you a chance to explore the sounding board type arena where you get to just explore a few ideas. So that's when we talk about listening, teaching and coaching. That's the context that we use those words in because I don't. I think that's really important yeah. for listeners to to take on board. Mm. And when do you do that as well? That's the other thing we've talked before. The best thing to do is ten minute huddles in the morning. Yeah. If you've got your team, and that not necessarily in the morning actually, it's go kart tracks. I know a lot yeah. of you watching this are go kart track owners, so it might be that it might be the one pm huddle. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they, and they've got they've got shift changes, and that's what I've found difficult now that I've put in a new shift. Yeah. Sort of, you used to be able to do a huddle in the morning. Yeah. And I don't do them often enough. But now I've got a group of guys starting at one thirty. Yeah. And that makes it more difficult. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? Because you, you're halfway through the day and and you're motoring on, getting on with your day. And next thing you know, it's four bloody clock. Yeah, and you haven't had your huddle. No. And no. then suddenly they've gone walking yeah. off and they're suddenly busy. Yeah. and ah. You can get somebody, it doesn't always have to be the business owner. But again, it's all about if you want to provide an opportunity mm. for somebody that says, I need my words relaying mm. to the staff in a format that will be closely resembling the stuff we talk about in the morning huddle, and then we do it in the afternoon, and somebody can be responsible for that. But think about where you coach, where you teach, mm. how you're going to do that, and also make sure we're really listening, because we all get busy. Mm. But as business owners, track owners, you don't make your money when you're working. You make your money when you're listening mm. and coming up with new ideas. It's just like probably a personal feeling on that, <laughs> on that, but it's the truth. That's where you make your real benefit. That's mm. the real benefit to the track is where you're actually coming up with the new ideas and taking on that real mm. entrepreneurial, like managing director, CEO type role. Blue sky thinking. It is. Mm. We've done a lot of that lately. We have. Spend a lot of time on this <laughs> uh, recently. All will be and revealed. <laughs> some, some really cool stuff is starting to pan out from it. Next one, encourage external learning. Yes. Uh, this one's a tough one. Well, it is because, and I think I go back to school quite often. Mm. So school has this preset way of teaching. Mm. And education wasn't started in England. But the I think a lot of the structure around it, Victorian Industrial Revolution mm. type teaching and learning is a structure that's used in a lot of areas of the globe. Mm. And that in that sort of focuses on something called IQ. There's lots of ways that people can be intelligent, but some of them aren't adept or adapted to the normal traditional ways of learning. So you're gonna have mm. some people that are willing to learn, but don't maybe learn in the traditional format or think they're poor learners, right? So the first thing you've gotta do really is if you, if you wanna expand knowledge in your team, well, mm. tell them everything about their role. But when it really comes alive is when you get people maybe reading a book and going, mm. I've read a really cool book here. Have mm. you read these two pages here? Because I think we're either doing this, but we could do it better, or we're not doing it at all. I think we should be doing it. If you get people that are just le willing to learn externally mm. and bring ideas into your company, great. Mm. That's one or two of them. But imagine you've got 15 people in your company, all of whom are coming up with a great idea once a month. Oh, just, that's just brilliant. I, I, I mean, getting people to read yeah 
That's that's one I, I I've really struggled with. I mean, <laughs> don't I, do that. No, I I mean I do. You, you know, I'm naturally inquisitive. Yeah. And you know, when I encounter a problem, an obstacle in the business, I will usually read. Yeah. Or watch. I watch a lot of YouTube these days. Yeah, yeah. So all all, all around. I mean, Christ, I'm no videographer. Yep. I'm no editor, I'm no social media genius, <laughs> but you know, I've read a lot, I've watched a lot of stuff about YouTube and things like this. I'm inquisitive to do that. Now, when we restructured the sales team, I read a lot of sales books. Yeah, yeah. Now, trying to encourage the salespeople I've had to read books, it just doesn't happen. We've just had one. One. Yes. And I think he was a bit surprised because we were, mm. oh, it was a Zoom call, wasn't mm. it? He was in this room where we're sat right now talking with you. I was in on Zoom call and he mentioned, mm. no, I mentioned a couple of books and we're talking mm. about one specific aspect. I said, mm. a lot of this comes from this book. Mm. And he was really interested. So while we were talking, I literally went onto Amazon mm. and the book was already en route and I got you a copy and yep. I got him a copy. A couple of days later, books landed, mm. and then I walked into the office, and he quoted me something out of the book. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, I know you're reading this, but I think that's early on in chapter yeah. one, so we'll see how we're getting on in a, in a few more weeks. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, with our training here, at the moment we're doing sort of a lot of the staff, typical stand-up lecture style. Yeah. But we're also starting to document this on a knowledge base. So the, there's the reading element there for them. And the next round of training, mm-hmm. we're talking about videoing it. Yep. So it's it's there in a YouTube-style educational surrounding. Yeah, so the media that you use can mm. have a big impact. Some people will just never mm. read a book. No. I know that most people don't read a book, so you know this. Mm. I've sent, I've photocopied paragraphs and bits and pieces mm. out of books on something I've read and then sent it to somebody mm. explaining what book it's from. Mm. and going, this is a really cool bit I think mm. you should read. And people often read a few yeah. sheets of paper. That's a, that's a good idea. But they won't read a whole book. So you've got to think about the media and how you get that across. And if you can start to encourage that, yeah. people get into it, and they start to like what they're doing, all of a sudden the next steps to them taking on their own learning become mm. more and more apparent. But the, you know, the 20-somethings, bright-somethings coming into your mm. business, I'd be surprised if they pick a book up. They are going to be all over. Instagram, YouTube, mm. Twitter, TikTok. There's just going to be different ways of learning that they're used to. They don't necessarily want to sit and read a book. They might be all over Kindle. Mm. Any handheld book, I just don't get on with. I yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't read electronic books. There you go. I've got to have a hard copy. Yeah, I do a little bit of audio, Audible. No, 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 that doesn't work for me because I, I find I'll be reading something. Yeah. And then highlight. My, I, I, I highlight, I underline, but my mind starts wandering. Yeah, yeah. It starts thinking about that concept, how I could apply it within my business, yeah. what it would look like and things like this. And the next thing I know is that I'm at the bottom of the page to go, oh, or I've stopped reading. So if I did that in an audio book, yeah, yeah. I'd lose half a chapter. Uh, the one thing I'd take away from that though, it's a really smart idea. I was doing it anyway, but nobody had really put it in these. Somebody else told me in these terms, but I was working probably about 30, 40 minutes from where I lived for four years. 
and all I did was put Audible on at 1.2 mm -hmm. speed because you can change the speed that they speak and I, I'm comfortable at 1.2, 1.25, mm -hmm. I already know this on most Audible books and then I hit play and I sit in my car so I'm getting pretty much something like 50 minutes of learning on the way into work 50 minutes of learning on the way back yeah. right so now you start to add that up over a week yeah absolutely. <laughs> you can see where this is going yeah, yeah. 500 minutes i wish the maths was simpler but now we're not far yeah. off what are we there sort of seven and a half eight hours worth of learning mm. in a week just from driving to and from work let's say i do 50 weeks a year mm. it's not quite that many but we're not far off mm. i've now got 400 hours of learning that's just going in here and I did that for four years so I've got absolutely tons and tons of so what, let's do the maths I think it was 20,000 hours is it a year so they tell you that outliers need 10,000 hours before they become expert in something and I've had 80,000 hours of audible business books dreaming into my head for four years with all the stuff that people are talking about in business cool I could have got a degree I again. <laughs> Speaking of audio yeah. books. Yes. We I have just spent the last week yeah. uploading all of our videos into a piece of software yeah. that pulls out the audio. Yeah. And we now have a podcast of this show <laughs> on Apple, on Google, and on Spotify. Excellent. So, if you don't have time to watch the videos, you can listen to them. Now, and this, this all came about yeah. because of Wagsy. Yes. Yeah, one of our customers sent me an email saying, love your shows, but I don't often get time to watch the video. But, <laughs> you know, I do do a lot of driving, and it'd be great if you put these into a podcast. Here's a bit of software that'll do it. <laughs> So, thanks, Wagsy. Bit of external learning. Thanks, Wagsy. Much appreciated. I know I'll be listening to the podcast. I know he won't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a little link maybe down in the yeah. comments below. So if you prefer podcasts, you can listen to us, which are on, on a podcast. Mm. That's been a good, huge learning curve for me. <laughs> mm. Brilliant. Cool. Well... I think that pretty much wraps up this week for now. We've yeah. got a few more points we want to cover, all about nurturing talent. I don't know what that's been about. Sort of 20 minutes or so of a bit of learning and exploration there. Perhaps you're already doing this stuff, in which case, mm. tell us what you're doing, what's working well. Perhaps you've never thought about it. Perhaps when, on the back of this video, you go out into your track and start to really listen and look at the talent within your tracks. In which case, if that starts to happen, I'd love mm. to know. So uh, write in and let us know how it's all going. Mm. Alright, so it's goodbye from me, cheerio from me, and we'll see you next week. See you in a bit.